December 7, 2018. Welcome to Postmarkdom 20. I'm Scott Southerd. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend, we're back. We're back in the room. We're back to where it all started. We were here for number one. We were here for number 10. We're here for number 20. Sight of the sight of the spot where it began. Because, you know, Jay's out there in the living room working from home. Air mm-hmm. quotes, mm-hmm. working from home. Yeah, I, I I was enjoying the living room for the last one, but you know we gotta we gotta go back to our roots. I think I I live with I live with a person, and I gotta. There are certain things that you have to just stop yourself and and say, like, I would like to do my wrestling podcast in here. Could you please leave? And then you say to yourself, that's a sentence that you can't say out loud to anybody over any circumstances. Except for over the uh, the airwaves. Oh, over the airwaves. You please get out of our way. This is the best wrestling podcast on the planet. We don't po- we don't post on Wednesday night following all the action on Monday and Tuesday. We post on Saturdays now. Hey, are we really moving to Saturdays? Oh, I love it. Saturdays. I love it. We talked about it. Yeah. I think we're weekend boys. It makes sense. You know, we're... We're working for working for the weekend. Oh, I'm I am so sick of working for the weekday. Right. I do that's enough we, of that. That's why we started working for the weekend. This is this is the podcast that you you put on and you say like, "Hey, just give me the goods." I've already heard all of the details. I got the recaps. Yeah. I know. I think we did. I mean, like we did talk about this a little. I think it's it's nice to be able to just kind of free yourself from the idea of of having to be on that grind. Everybody has, both of us I know have our weekly routines of wrestling podcasts that we listen to. Yeah. I think we have those Wednesday ones. I, I've got a couple that I, I listen to, uh, the masked man show. I listen to Brian Campbell's show. Yeah. I would listen to Brian Campbell if it wasn't for the people surrounding Brian Campbell. Yeah. It's, it's gets infuriating like, for I, sure. Th- there was a guy with the annoying voice. Yeah. And then I kind of, turned and i was you like kinda, you, know you start what? to he, like him right all right and then but then the other guy well you know terry loves the other guy really yeah you know because terry doesn't like anything and it's neither true. does that, that guy, guy doesn't like anything either. oh man it's great i i uh... but you know we also have this other these other podcasts like like something to wrestle with or uh our B- bischoff's show yeah and i think like having not not super urgent content in there is pretty cool well scott this is something that you you and i were friends and and you know we we talked about the fact that really what's what spawned this idea was not only is the the fact that we're just such such pals and we got such a thing you and me it's and it's special and and who doesn't want to get in on something like that but this really just started over an argument on batman forever and it was a good argument. It was we were so we were driving to the Royal Rumble, I believe. Yeah. Earlier this mm-hmm. year, the 2018 Royal Rumble, and it was about an hour long drive, and uh, we don't need to recreate it. No, but, but we spent the whole hour arguing about whether or not Batman Forever was uh good. Good was better than Batman Returns. Yeah, that was the argument. And so it's like, all right, let's 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 put this into into wrestling terms. But the, you know the thing about the wheel, Scott. You want to reinvent it? You got to know every part of it first. Oh, uh, you got to build those spokes. We had to, we had to get in there. We had to get in on on the hubcaps, and we had to we had to just understand the bearings. Hammer of, out some tires. Just doing the thing. So we're gonna we're gonna do the thing, but we're gonna do the thing. Hey, like Frankie said, we're doing it. My way, but our way. Oh, like uh, Limp Biscuit said, "My way or the highway." Exactly. I get that, Fred yeah. Durst. Uh huh. So, hey, Scott, you were all in this. I was past all in weekend. this weekend, and you know, I was, I was kind of in because yeah, I was lucky enough to go to the AAW show on Thursday. Saw me a little Jeff Cobb Ooh. versus ACH for the title. Oh. Jeff Co- Jeff Cobb gave ACH like like an F. Uh, eighteen point five. He get he put that guy up and and spun him around like nine hundred degrees. It was amazing. Jeff Cobb's amazing. I think that Jeff Cobb. It's like I was thinking about this the other day. Jeff Cobb. You go back to Taz. Yeah. And and, and Taz Taz is great, but you know what? It's like 
it, it's like it's like listening to to Run DMC, where you're like, you know what, this is this is foundational, this sure. is important. I love what this guy's doing, but uh, you know, people got a lot better at this, like, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Taz is interesting because I have so much love for Taz. Because I think he was one of the first wrestlers that made me feel like a smart fan. Mm-hmm. I watched him come over from ECW, and they changed his name, and it was because of the the trademark issues that were happening. They had to have an extra Z on oh, there, and it was it was that was a big decade for Taz. It was too. a big decade for Taz. He was spinning around things it's like Taz and Tweety Bird owned the '90s. That's true, and I don't. Have you seen? <laughs> Uh, we have a friend named Skylar who has. Uh, have you seen his Taz tattoo? Oh, yeah, I've seen his Taz. It's so tattoo. it's just Taz with two middle fingers sticking up outside of his little spinning, uh, spinning tornado. And it's a it's amazing. It's a full back piece. I can't I can't understand how someone could commit that hard. But you know, Skylar is uh, he's he's, he's his own man. It's he's true. his own bad boy slash man. Uh. But yeah, we uh, Jeff Cobb is great. Those AEW shows. You went to the first one on Thursday. I went to the second one on Friday. Yeah, both great shows. Uh, from what I heard, I stood uh, like four people away from Dave Meltzer, which was an interesting. Yeah, how was that? Well, he, he was like, a, he had an Aero Pastel shirt on. Uh, he did. It was tucked into his. Uh, he actually had a cool Bruiser Brody shirt on that was tucked into oh, his acid cool. wash jeans. Uh, and he looked very much like Dave Meltzer. He looked over and he said, "Ah, oh, postmarked them, guys." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, okay." One of them, yeah, the lesser of the two. Well, but thank you. Uh, okay, all right. He said, "You know, I think I like you." Uh, no, it was cool. It was a really great show. Um, we were at, we were at the one that uh, Sammy Callahan almost got uh, the Logan Square Auditorium taken yeah, well, away from what AW. Was that like? Was that uh, how legit was all? Of it that? was weird. Well. So he's been playing this angle recently. I'm not sure if it's an angle or not. Uh-huh. He's just been like getting in fights with the the wrestlers and the crowd and like playing a very loose. He's really blurring the lines there and I I love it. Uh but he was, he was like a few weeks or a few months back you were there and he was like upstairs like yelling at people. And- yeah, we got the cool access upstairs and uh, which is generally like kind of, semi backstage yeah and uh you know what i love about being up there i'm sorry to interrupt i love that they sell all the way into the into the locker room Mm -hmm. i just like really really appreciate the fact that everybody that's up there is like it's like people who are involved with the program or people who are friends of the of the show right and they're still selling they're still selling that's amazing to me yeah and well i mean like the first time around it was so funny because he's up there he's like throwing chairs around upstairs and he's like in colt cabana's face you know yelling fuck you adam and colt cabana's like shoving him around and it looks real and he's been doing this for a while and uh this time around he he fights jimmy jacobs he throws a bunch of chairs on top of jimmy jacobs but they're the uh they're the building chairs. They're not folding chairs. They're like the ones that they have in the building for right. banquets and shit. Mm-hmm. And he's throwing like 15, 20 chairs on top of him. And at some point, uh, the PA of the building start, you start hearing someone saying, excuse me, knock it off. Please stop throwing those chairs. And I guess it's like the building supervisor got on the PA and was like yelling at Sammy Callahan to stop doing this. Uh, which, you know, whatever, it kind of like deflated the crowd pretty quickly. Uh, Sammy Callahan immediately turned around and said, fuck you, I don't give a shit, and like flicked them off, uh, kept the match going, blah, blah, blah. Eventually, security guys came out uh, that had guns with them and like started pulling Sammy Callahan. He started shoving them, thinking they were, apparently thinking they were workers. Uh-huh. Uh, they weren't, and one of them threatened to shoot him. It calmed him down a little bit. Uh, but he got really pissed and came upstairs and was like, fuck this, fuck that. Um, wow. And yeah, I don't know exactly really what happened there, but it was pretty chaotic. And apparently like they had to do a lot of calming of nerves to uh, to keep that venue for the future. God, that's it was awesome. fucking fantastic. It was so cool and weird and scary. Now, I don't know if you saw or heard about the night before, but... Uh, MJF, Maxwell, Jacob Friedman, 
had a match against Cole Cabana. Right. And the storyline in AEW is that Cole Cabana is the father of Maxwell Jacob. They look Freed. very similar. They look so similar. And so they're having a match and it's, uh, you know, MJF just yelling like, you're not my dad. And Cole Cabana eventually, like, I think he like took a few chair, chair shots. I don't know. But he goes under the ring and he pulls out he pulls out the sack. He pulls out the traditional thumbtacks. Oh, the bag of thumbtacks. Are inside this bag and he empties it out and it's a baseball and two gloves. <laughs> and music comes on and they have a game of catch. <laughs> they have a catch. And he, te- he teaches Maxwell Jacob Friedman how to throw a ball and so it's cute. amazing. He he tosses the ball up into the air and then he just low blows Cole Cabana. Ah, uh, So funny. But just two and a half minutes of of them playing catch. That's beautiful. Um, so so all in pay per view though. Right, right. This all leads to, up to you all. You had in. to freak and have the best time. Oh, it was unbelievable. I, I, it, I mean, it's it's been built up for the past four or five six months uh as it's funny that i think when it got announced there was no there were no matches it was just this concept that was hyping everybody up um but i think as the weekend came up it really did have that big pay-per-view feel it was on all the podcasts it was definitely all over the internet there was the whole full weekend about it like the starcast stuff was happening uh, there was the CM Punk signing at uh, Pro Wrestling Tees that just had the entire block of Damon here in Chicago taken over by yeah. nerds and uh-huh. black T-shirts. I got. I would love to just hear like a top five awkward moments of that. He was there the whole day. It was like eight wow. to eight or something like that. Wow. I feel so bad. I feel so bad for everybody that had to deal with that situation. Yeah. I thought I you were going to say I feel so bad for him. It's like, uh, but no, you, you're on the you're on the right side of things. What, what was your favorite match of the night? Because if, if I'm watching, right, it's got to. You be, watch it from home. I, I, I watch it from home. I watch it from home. And my my top two matches to just see live, I think, would have to be uh, Kenny Omega versus uh, versus Pentagon Junior. or. Hangman Page versus Joey Janela. Shit got wild in that one. It did. It did. I think uh, just straight from the gut, the Cody match was my favorite one yeah. to watch. The one. So we were talking a little bit about this before the show. The one thing that I think didn't translate. I think that show was really well done. The production was pretty amazing. I think, like, well, I watched it also on the the like TV version of it uh, a couple of days ago. I think it was all really well done. The only issue. That I had was that the crowd, you couldn't hear. The crowd was fucking loud in that really? building. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think any of that translated. You know what? That I think that makes a lot of sense because we were talking beforehand, and and I don't I don't like being critical of the event because it's so good in its nature, and it's it's a obviously it's a step forward for like the entire industry, and it's amazing to see just like what those three. We're able to put together Cody yeah. and, the, and the Young Bucks. But to me, it felt flat. Right. Um, that's what you, you mentioned that it didn't really gain momentum until the uh, the Pentagon and Omega match, right? Yeah. And, and that's, well, I would say that, like, the Cody match had some momentum, but I thought that it was, like, a little sloppy. And Totally. The, I mean, and that I, that I think that's kind of, like, part of the charm of that match is that the biggest spot was a splash, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That was just a very straight... And I don't know. I remember in the middle of that match, just thinking about how brilliant it was. As soon as the blade job happens, that like, the, oh, this the, is like blade job that took like seven minutes. Forever. And I think like DDP had to come and like, yeah, tell him like, how this to is do what it. you do, yeah. Cody. I mean, it was so cute and it was so smart. I think them doing this real traditional territorial day match yeah, in definitely. a way that had no high spots, like nothing fancy at all. Uh, just old school wrestling a lot of holds a lot of just slight momentum shifts and uh just building up 
basically dusty you know you're just watching yeah. dusty come back and win a match and i think that was so smart and for someone to have built up hype around a belt that didn't fucking matter at all six months ago and to put this match together and Yo, for everybody to be like crying in years this, ago right yeah yeah for people to be crying in the stands about this and you know to see the look on cody's face and also brandy's face when that happened yeah was just i think it was so powerful it was it was definitely a moment um and for a show without stakes i think that uh yeah you know none of the matches really had anything besides being the elite storyline you know what and i think that like maybe that and i put it on and i think that the complaint that i would have about like the early stages of it was those first three matches are are good but that it didn't really start on like the high that sure. you would want it to. I think like having a, a real hot like first singles match uh, would have done a lot for the show. But you know, all that being said, it definitely ascended and it got to a point where like it didn't go anywhere but up mm-hmm. after that Cody match. Sure. Yeah. I mean the yeah, the Janelle and Paige I match. Thought the, I thought the lethal thing was I'm not I'm not much on Flip Gordon. It's so funny. I don't know what it is, but that was clearly the popcorn match of the show. Yeah. I can't I I still cannot figure out why ROH just doesn't have clout anymore in the way know. that it did. It, the Macho Man stuff was cool and I liked that you could like tap him out of mm-hmm. the gimmick but you know at the same time like that the macho man stuff was the best part of that match that the finish was good but yeah and it, i think the thing with those two is that they're both really good wrestlers and yeah uh, I, but i'm not interested in either of them well there's i've seen them around forever yeah i mean well, well lethal and, and fucking cabana had that match last year for the uh roh belt. yeah that was fantastic that was really good and um, yeah, I mean, I would never want to shit talk Lethal, but it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not really interested. Right, right. Um, they, it, it is interesting thinking that like Cody had a way of, of taking, a, you know, a belt that has very little clout and turning it into something big. Mm-hmm. And then you have this belt that has just been flatlining for, you know, the past seven or eight years yeah. and nothing good or bad happened to it on this show yeah i mean maybe it's okay maybe that's okay for you know it's tough i think it's really easy to compare this show to a takeover yeah um and it's tough on those takeovers to find a time to pee and (laughs) i think it's okay if the roh belt is the one that's like cool time to buy beer yeah uh i think that's fine yeah how was and the, and you said the crowd was loud and it had to have just been like so positive. It was so positive. It was very much like a takeover. Yeah, just everyone was super stoked. That's awesome. It was really great. The vibes were just great the whole time. Yeah, that's good. That's good vibes. And then yeah. you, and then you came home and and on Monday you watched Monday Night Raw. Oh my God! It was just keep that wrestling rolling. Tuesday you watched SmackDown and you were like, all right, we're we're just steamrolling along here. It's like the the entire the entire superstructure of pro wrestling is just going on that ascension, just nonstop, just like baby. So here's here's the thing that we we should talk about because uh, what I would like to know, and I think the question on everybody's mind right now, Scott, is what is your what feud are you the most passionate about on Monday Night Raw right now? Wow, of uh, trying to think through all of my favorite feuds on Monday Night Raw uh, and come up with my favorite one. Mm-hmm. It's tough. Uh, I was. I, you want if we you want we could just like make a list. And, yeah, like, maybe we should put a, a yeah, big yeah. list together uh-huh. and do a little comparison, maybe like a bracket of sorts. It's crazy how little there is to choose from on Monday Night Raw in terms of things to like right now. Let me. Before we before we dissect that, let me ask you, what's your favorite feud on SmackDown right now? I mean, that's the one, right, where you have to actually start putting together the list. You have to really put together because you have, you've got. I mean, we've got Becky, right, Becky which we and obviously Charlotte are huge fans of, and 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 you've got 
AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe cutting a promo in the ring last night that I'm watching it with Jay, and she's like, I don't, I don't like this. And it's I'm mean, like, man. I'm like, yeah, that's right, you don't. I don't either. He's gross. He, he is a bad guy, and he's just looking into uh-huh. that camera. And then you got, you got a, uh, um. You got tag team titles. Which are like classic feuding now that New Day is in the mix, obviously. And you got a really, really exciting time for uh, Rusev Day. And you and can't forget Miz and that and Daniel I, Bryan here. I'm getting there, buddy boy. All right. That's four hot, impassioned, different angles. 100%. And, and you know... Randy versus Jeff Hardy, it's not good, but they're trying. They're trying, and, and they're doing they're doing something different with it. That's and true. And you got Raw, and it's, it's there's nothing. It is just a mess. I don't, I don't know where any of it is going to. I think the the good takeaways from Raw, we got new tag team champions. Yeah, that's cool. That is a very good look having having Braun. And and two guys with belts uh-huh. on either side of them. See, I like this. I like this team. It's just not making a lot of sense. There doesn't seem to be much of a of an explanation from Braun. It I'm, seems really like just. It seems like those two teams are built just for photo opportunities or video packages because they look fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. The shield looks awesome coming out of a cop car and Braun and Drew and Dolph look awesome standing next to each other. So this was pointed out to me and I wouldn't have known otherwise, but I watch Hulu Raw. So the end of Raw, Kevin Owens comes out mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck is he doing here? And... Apparently he came back like earlier in the show, yeah. but it's cut from Hulu. Okay, why? What did we say? Like, what's the, uh, the over, over under? And it was one week. Uh huh. That's so depressing. And so and 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 now I didn't I didn't see he's back with uh with a pairing of like Jinder Mahal mm-hmm. and and for some reason uh-huh. uh huh and came out to fight the Shield on behalf of Braun, the man who has been murdering him for two months. It yeah. just is so depressing how bad that is. And I don't know, dude. I'm not... I hate complaining about wrestling. I hate this feeling. And I don't like to... I don't know. I don't like to have these conversations at all. It just sucks how bad it was. It does. But it's awesome how great SmackDown was. That's true. Like there, And I, I, I go back to when we first had the brand split... When it was it was SmackDown presented by Shane o, Shane O'Mac, the land of opportunity, and they got about six months down the line. Like we're talking like Survivor Series time. We're talking like this right time around now. two years ago. AJ was the star of the show and mm-hmm. he's fighting James Ellsworth and <laughs> Dean Ambrose. You got the Miz doing Talking Smack. That was just such an exciting time and I think that was the the first time that we had like a very very clear division and this is the first time since then where it's just like SmackDown is the program for content right now and Raw there's nothing. And back then it was Owens and Chris Jericho. You got to see that fucking Jericho run in too. Yeah, oh that was really cool. God. It was really cool. I don't think anyone was expecting it, even though we all kind of should have been. Mm-hmm. And it was so funny that it was just very clearly like, cool. I just want to advertise here. I love that they, the way they ran that on TV was like, lights are out. Oh, well, you know, this is uh this is a, a production that we just put together brand it's the new first live time tv in, yeah and i thought that that was like it was really smart because it was like this is very clearly a work but this is the best way to go about like explaining what's yeah. happening and then you got you got a guy standing there and 
Uh, was it immediate for for y'all like oh my god that's jericho look at his it arm it took a second it took but a it second, was the right? arm yeah yes. it was the arm and it was just like oh <gasps> <laughs> like i think these small waves just started going over the crowd and everybody i, I like just grabbed pat like yeah. clenched on him just like no right uh it was pretty amazing well okay wait one thing though about before we leave raw uh how do you feel about uh those the Shawn Michaels promo. You know what? That was the best thing on Monday Night Raw. That was wild, right? Shawn Michaels. What a promo. I and was not expecting that. His reaction to Undertaker, too, when he's just like, every time I'm back here, like, they're chanting for one more match. And I'm not doing it. Out of respect to you, yeah, and it's like, voice cracks a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know... We've been conditioned for so long now that a Shawn Michaels promo on Monday Night Raw is just like embarrassing. Man, it's it's real tough when like uh, when your uncle has like a couple too many Kirkland lights at the fucking party, uh-huh. and he won't stop. Uh, he won't stop telling your girlfriend that she's really cute. <laughs> That's I mean that's it right and he starts saying stuff like HB shizzle yeah and you're like okay god damn like just, don't say that just I mean just come out and you're you're great I just want to see it? you what is it with shizzle I don't what know I don't know that was something that was I th- there's racism there for sure well there's definitely racism but it's like it's like shizzle is derived from shit right that's that's what it is he's the heartbreak shit yeah <laughs> <laughs> let me t- let me tell you about about my week no okay. <laughs> uh yeah no i i think it was really cool and and powerful to watch that happen first and foremost like for him to admit that it's difficult being the only only sacred one like the only the only one that is untouched the only ones unaffected by the the actuality of retirements and professional wrestling you know what i wanted though what i really wanted is him to say I didn't put my hat and my coat in the middle of the ring and walk out like I was never coming back and then come. I just yeah, that would have been that. cool. There was so much like good emotion and realness in all of it that you're you're happy with it, but like that would have been that would have been cool oh for him to call out. Well, especially now that Taker has been has become something that's no longer on Taker's end of things is no longer um, this. I don't know, sacred or you know. He's no longer a deity of wrestling. He's a he's a wrestler. Yeah, he's a professional wrestler that shows up at you know hip hop concerts and yeah. has an Instagram account and shit. Yeah, yeah, that it, it is interesting, and it's you know it's it's like one of those things that kind of like it doesn't it doesn't remove uh, the legacy that that one has. But like I always I always think of like you know a good example that comes to mind. Martin Brodeur was the starting goalie for the New Jersey Devils from 1994 until like i don't know for 15 years he won three stanley cups with that organization uh best one of the best uh goaltenders to ever live some of the best numbers of all time you know a lot of that's got to do with the fact that the devils were using that neutral zone trap which kind of gained came uh became part of the new dead puck era of the mid 90s but of course dead puck era so his stats are slightly inflated he's but a good goalie good goalie spends his career with the devils wants to come back for one more year and they're like marty we kind of we kind of thought that it was gonna end here and so we played one season in st louis sure doesn't like really do anything it's to Jordan his... on the Wizards right and that that's something that like in the moment you're like oh man we're we're witnessing like a sad chapter sure. to this career and you get like a couple years removed from it and it doesn't fucking matter as long as you don't like go to the New York Jets and have a picture of your wiener come out on the internet mm-hmm. but sure um you know there is that effect though of like man that ending was about as good as it could as it could have gotten but what i do like and i think this is a point that's worth making now about these shows that they're doing is the fact that you got 
sort of a the all in of Australia is happening. <laughs> Why don't you have the Undertaker and Triple H fight there? It's non canonical and it's not happening on WrestleMania, which I think the past it's less now than it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to see Sting versus Triple H. Sure. That turned out great. It but was fun. You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's, I do. I the idea that you're that you're able to give these people a big opportunity to do something somewhere where like that's that makes a lot more sense than just doing it at WrestleMania where people are going to go to WrestleMania and, there's stakes and I there. want to see the people who have been wrestling all year. Well, and yeah, that's the thing, right? WrestleMania is supposed to be a culmination of all the storylines. It's supposed to be the biggest the biggest bang of all the blood feuds and uh you know the big championship matches and when you see stuff like yeah, the big bang theory it's right the, yeah that's when the young sheldon the i don't know i i do think it's kind of fine right it's something that i'm not super interested in this triple h taker match but it's totally okay i'm it, glad it's happening you know it'll be a lot of fun to just like see it in a different place mm-hmm. um and i and those think matches were awesome oh by the way God, when they happened those at matches mania were those matches were so fucking good. It's like you rank you rank the four. You got the two HBK and Undertaker matches and the two Triple H Undertaker matches. Mm-hmm. For me, goes HBK and Taker are at twenty five. Then it goes Hell in a Cell Triple H. That was such a good match. Then twenty seven Triple H, and then twenty six HBK. Whoa, that's the last one. On that yeah, list? I love because I love the way that fucking that Atlanta one ended. The twenty seven where Undertaker gets carted out. Triple mm-hmm. H walks away from that. Fuck, it's so good. Oh, and that was such a good way to make that streak like still relative, relevant, and and uh-huh. still really smart. And you're watching it slowly come to an end. Oh, that was so good. Um, so let me talk about SmackDown a little bit. Yeah, let's talk about SmackDown a little bit. Uh, one thing that I thought was really smart that they did this week was that you had an interview with Becky and Charlotte, and both of them stated their cases pretty much exactly as they have been for the past couple of weeks, mm-hmm. but... They're not in the ring. There's no physicality, and there's a lot less crowd reaction going on because you know if if what they're trying to do is to veer it slightly away from Becky being a full blown heel, this is a really good way to do it because nothing in nothing in what Becky is saying or her demeanor is really changing. It's just not you know going against a sea of cheers coming in right right and yeah i think whether or not they're going to position her as a tweener or a heel or just a a badass or whatever uh taking the crowd reaction away is a really smart move for them right now because no matter what there's only one reaction the crowd has to her and it's maybe where maybe that's hopefully in the end they end up working in tandem and that and that ends up being like super positive across the board yeah but I think they need to find the sea legs with this thing still and figure out exactly who she is. I I think that I still am really happy with where she is. Me too. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like still so concerned that they're going to fuck it up mm-hmm. and just like make her a, a quote unquote true heel and just drop the ball with you it. You know what I loved about that segment though is the fact that like we're so used to like having we're we're having to see these things every week right that's the idea is that there's some something that happens each week to advance the storyline but doing it weekly for four weeks becomes so formulaic formulaic and a little bit tiresome and i think the a real problem with the way WWE is scripted and the way these things work over the past however long I've been watching since I came back is that things are real hot for two weeks and then they kind of start to fade a little Try bit. Trying to maintain that's tough. I really like the idea that you have one week where it's just you give us two of them talking, no interaction, no physicality, but 
both of them, you know, stating plainly where they're at, what they're going to do. No advancement, but just like a solid level of intrigue because you're just watching the two of them react to each other. Sure. I, I think that this is something that maybe they're doing better than the Joe AJ feud where the Joe AJ feud is they're both. These are both blood feuds, right? These are both two sets of people that are very angry at each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think watching the Joe AJ feud just every week, we know it ends up in an in-ring brawl. And we're just waiting for the big match to finally settle this, right? Mm-hmm. Which is cool, and it's working pretty well. But I love the idea that we're not really sure how things are going to work out every week with this Becky and Charlotte feud. Uh, I mean, we know they hate each other, but it's not like every week we're just seeing another fist fight. Yeah. that's. I think that's so smart. I think, yeah, that works like a really great way to break up this pace. You're just watching anger bubble over. Mm-hmm. And you're getting a new angle on it rather than sitting there watching the promo in the ring and you're just like, okay, I'm looking at my watch waiting for uh, one of the two to snap, someone to run in, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Here, you're just let them you're state just their listening case. to them. Yeah. You're just listening to it's them. It's just straight talking. And I think, too, that like you got a lot more nuance. Both of them are – they're not talking to a crowd. They're just able to, to talk. And Becky just – keeps uh this kind of quiet demeanor that like jake the snake Mm -hmm. concept of if you talk and make them listen they're listening and i also think that it's you know and maybe tempering back my earliest earlier statement i think i'm just concerned of becky having to continue to like play against the crowd and i think that's this is a great opportunity for her to just be able to say without worrying about crowd reaction in any capacity, just say what she has to say, uh, whether she's trying to play to the crowd or work against the crowd or whatever. It's just like, no, I'm just Becky. I want my fucking belt back. You're a shitty friend. Yep. Yep. And that's it. Um, something that I am really stoked about too, is the fact that Andrade, Cien Almas and Selena Vega have inserted themselves into the Miz and Daniel Bryan feud and I think that no matter what is happening to Almas in these situations, he's being elevated every week. We are we are trying to push the fact that this guy is important, that he matters, and now he's not beating people that are on the lower rung. He's competing with people that are at the very top rung. Yeah, and yeah, him losing in a match like this doesn't mean anything at all. Who cares? I, it, it's such a nice look for him to be up on the main event, basically. He's he's going to be a star, I think. I they shouldn't let so. him talk. They shouldn't let him talk. He doesn't have to. But. Zelina Vega can talk. Uh-huh. She's incredible. He's it's, just captivating. Like He's so expressive that like let, let that be it. Totally. I, I hope that it continues that way. I Yeah, I, I really... I think they could easily fuck it up, but I also think that this could they could easily just ride this one out and let it occur naturally, and he could be a, a damn star. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was a good show. It was a good SmackDown. Um, but why don't we take a trip uh, back in time Oh, to a, a previous era, a pre-SmackDown area, era, if you will? Uh-huh. Uh, when, are you, when are you thinking? Oh, I, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe about 22 years ago. Ah, okay, all right. Back I'm in seven, September, early yeah. September. I've just started uh, fourth grade with Mrs. Moore. Oh, yeah. Mrs. Moore. Uh, how she, How is she? She didn't like me. Why? She I I don't know. I think that, uh, I, you know, I, got, I, I was kind of troublemaker a little bit uh, but i never really did anything to like piss her off but she just n- didn't seem to want to give me any like leeway at all i was just always in the doghouse with you were her. just a shit kid i don't know, I, you know, I got in trouble a lot in her class for like reasons that just didn't really make sense I would come home and just be like, I got a detention from her for like having a book out on my desk. You had detentions in elementary school? Oh, yeah. We didn't have detention. It was like 
recess detention. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, we had that. I just came home and I was like, I was like, Mom, I don't, I don't even know. I'm getting in trouble all the time in art class, and I deserve it. But this one, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm being wrong. cool. And she's just like, you know what? Fuck her. Don't worry about it. Yeah, fuck your teacher. Yeah, uh, I, I appreciated that. You know. Yeah, that's nice. It's nice that your parents could have your back on that one. Did you ever like, get in right. trouble when you were a kid? Yeah, totally. A lot? Mm, do you no, act a out? A ton. I was, I was like, I think I was the, uh, I acted out now and then. I think most teachers liked me, mm-hmm. but I also was a little loud. I was a lot in junior high. I had uh, this teacher, Mr. Woldman, who I still Ooh. am on friendly terms with today. Uh-huh. Uh, he's cool. He hangs yeah. out with my mom because my mom works at the school. Yeah? Uh, but he, uh, no, he's not. Could use a nice man. Oh, he's what? great. She uh-huh. could. For sure. But he's, uh, he was like, he came from a city of Chicago public school to a lush suburban uh-huh. uh, public school. He was like, I, I, did, I did it. I did it for five years. That's I helped exactly what he, that's exactly what it was. And he came out to the burbs and he was like, and he came in and he immediately was not very excited about working in the burbs. And he's just like, you guys, I used to be able to tell my students I was going to throw them out the window or set them on fire. Uh-huh. And now I really have to worry about your parents. Yeah. Like calling, calling the superintendent about me. Uh-huh. Uh, but I would get in a lot of trouble in his class because he was like, he's like a drama guy. Uh-huh. He's like an actor. Yeah. And, uh, and I would, I would, you know, whatever act out. I was in seventh grade. That's just what kids do. And he would, uh, give me detention, but he would only give me detention on the days that he was leading improv club. And he'd be like, you have to come to improv club this week. Oh, wow. he was like trying to be a cool uh-huh. mentor. Uh-huh. And he, he was like, Hey man, okay. You're an improv club now, just de facto. Cause he, I keep giving you detentions on these days. And, uh, he tried to get me, he booked me a, uh, uh, a gig, an acting gig you for were, uh, you were on whose line is it anyway? <laughs> I was on who I was with, uh, Ryan styles uh-huh. and Wayne Brady. Oh man. Colin mockery. And you're like, all right bald over there black <laughs> perfect and then i can remember who they, but he booked me a gig for a a psa commercial uh-huh. for an anti-drug psa and he was like you, can, you they're gonna pay you 300 bucks you just have to act like a drug dealer in this no like you're gonna sell way. pot to another uh-huh. seventh grader this is a union contract i don't know i had no idea what it was i had no idea what, and i didn't end up going because i couldn't get a ride because my parents were recently divorced and couldn't organize things oh. and it was poor such soul. a bummer you're well just, that was like just, 300 bucks when i was in seventh grade oh my god that's 300 put, bucks now yeah, it's really it's like freaking could have bought so many blink 182 cds you're just in the you're just in the backyard just like you're just hitting a ball off of a tee and you're just like watching it roll and you're like, oh, God, I wish I had an adult figure here to to <laughs> pick it up and place it back on the tee for me. I just sat I a really, lot. I wish we could just do coach pitch. Yeah, it would be nice. I sat on the front porch with my fishing tackle box and my, my fishing God. pole just oh my staring God. into the distance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wish my dad was here to watch me do my commercial, but he's... It's never He's around. too busy being at work. Yeah. And now it's my mom's got to work. Girlfriend and oh yeah, mom's at work and oh, just gosh, being a latchkey last, kid. You she guys. made me a peanut butter and jelly sandwich for dinner last night, and I was like, if I was in second grade, this would be the best day ever. But I'm in seventh grade now, and I want grilled cheese. Oh, puberty is happening. <laughs> I don't understand my body. Why am I so emotional all the time? A couple years before this was 1996. Uh-huh, uh-huh. A great year. Right. Mrs. Moore uh, was teaching you mathematics, maybe basic arithmetic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe we you were learning your times tables. We were on to the multiplication, like yeah. big time multiplication. Doing time tests. You know when I got a zero on one of her math tests? Because it was all, we used a grid for this test that we never used it before but it was for like we're doing multiplication like sure. you know like four digit times three digit number multiplication so here's grids and i got a zero on the test because i didn't put commas in the numbers no way and i remember just like saying but there's th- we've never used paper like this before 
and I'm just doing it based on this. I didn't. This is like a different also, way to like look real. at these you, numbers. That's so bogus. And then I asked her. Uh, I asked her, "Could you tell me like what this would have been if this w- like what this would have been if I'd put the commas in?" And she wouldn't. Dude, that's See? some ticky tacky bullshit. That's like that's her taking out, that's her taking out some weird her own business. Yeah, I think on that's a what poor, my mom figured out. My mom's like, "You're a pain in the ass," but so is this woman. And I like you more than her. Man, okay. So <laughs> I had a gym teacher around uh-huh. the same time, Mrs. Drucker. Yeah. And she, uh, we had a bowling test. We had written tests about, you know, like different get, sports. Get out of my face. And I drew the bowling pins. We had to number and draw the bowling pins. And I mm. drew them in an, uh, a triangle with the two corners on the bottom and one corner on the top. Yeah. Right? And drew out my pins and wrote the numbers of the pins all correctly she gave me an f on it because it was upside down and i was like that's a matter of perspective mrs drucker and i went home and i uh went to my friend ross's house and i turned on wcw versus nwo revenge and i changed larry zabisco's name to mrs drucker and i beat the hell out of her with a chair for the whole afternoon as a probably as like ultimo dragon or something yeah and now mrs drucker's in the wwe hall of fame uh so what's going on in so uh, in, uh, what's going on you know in also, right now well there was some serious issues with wwf's uh america online internet service oh okay aol aol yeah aol had a wwf section and uh a separate wrestling section uh of unaffiliated ww unaffiliated with wwf and that was called grandstand okay so we got we got wwf trademark but we've also got grandstand which is about pro wrestling you know maybe the fans like uh they can post or discuss news Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh seems like maybe it was the uh, squared circle of aol Uh uh-huh okay all right and uh, WWF had an exclusive contract with AOL at the time, and they complained about the negative comments being made about WWF in the grandstand section of AOL. Huh. Uh, since it has a contract, WWF believed that uh, their section should be the only wrestling section on AOL, uh, since it's the the one that they can moderate. No, because they can't moderate the grandstand. Right. It's not their own. Just, right. So negative posts about WWF on a separate wrestling section of AOL. did you ever have aol yeah because aol like you would open it up and there would be the internet browser but then there would also be like different things that you could go to within it right it had like a curated internet like you do you remember you could like search for specific terms and it would just take you to the aol it would take you to the aol page well i never had aol whoa we had uh our first internet was arrows in 1998 and yeah what is that it was an early like dial-up okay service. Yeah, yeah yeah um i think the and the and the, my my dad's like email server was juno uh, i remember Juno. Yeah. that was big but you know i was i i was a little bummed because i wanted i wanted aol because i got aim my first uh, aim screen name was slide to room I'm a fucking Goo Goo Dolls oh, that's fan. Cool. For that's very the perverted. Beginning of time, yeah, a little bit. Uh, that's a good name, though. Um, my next one. See, I told I told James uh hold this, and he didn't believe me. But my sixth grade teacher uh called me Big Daddy Crisp one day, <laughs> and so my second, my second uh, a my second aim screen name was Big D. Three one six nine. No, it was three sixteen and sixty nine. On purpose? Yeah, on purpose. I was like, "Yo, what are three sixteen's awesome? Two dope numbers that I can put together: three sixteen and sixty nine. I'm in sixth grade. I don't even really know what sixty nine means. I just know that like (laughs) that's what you add. Yeah, exactly. That big D, because like I couldn't, I couldn't fit. I couldn't fit Big Daddy because it was a ten character sure. limit. Sure, limit so, at the time. And a, and Big Daddy with uh, with one D instead of two uh, was also too much. So I was like, all right, well, Big, Big D. D. <laughs> it's me, fun. Big D. Your Is friend it, yeah. Tim Chris. The Call D, me Big the D. The D stands for Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I, 
That's I can't believe three one six nine was. But I remember seeing. I remember wanting AOL because you could have the like the cool profile. Yeah, you could fill it out and you yeah. could look at other people's and, and stuff. You just and but you couldn't look at those on AIM. And I was right. like, I want to. I want to see what's going on here. I want to see these people's relationship status. Mm-hmm. Are they uh, single and loving it? Because if they're single and loving it, I probably shouldn't bark up that tree. Right, right. You got to respect that. <laughs> yeah, Big D should just go home. Hey, Big D knows when he's not wanted. But, yeah, no. so so no AOL. But, but yeah, so the grandstand section is where people are basically like, man, this this stinks. Yeah, and, and WWF is like, hey, America Online, we've been pushing you for a while. They mm-hmm. got on that shit. That was on early. TV. Yeah, they talked about it a lot. They've always been really good at that, and I really want to know if they have. I want to know like who's part of the uh, the that part of the operation that's like, hey, let's let's go with uh, this American America Online thing. That's a good idea. Hey, Twitter, like. Yeah. Let's push the fuck out of this, and then we can. Hey, also tout. Re- Let's do tout. I was blanking on the name. <laughs> uh, man, I still. I wish I had my old tout account still around. I I love those touts that you made. I was really trying hard to get on TV when I was home alone. That Who's one gonna day. win this one? The Viper, Randy Orton. <laughs> I had so much fun making those. Uh, but it, what's interesting, I think, even more about this issue that they had in uh, in 1996 is that. <laughs> The WWF like successfully lobbied AOL to remove negative posts from that uh, opposing grandstand section, uh, which seems absurd. Can you imagine if WWE was moderating Squared Circle on Reddit right now, well, telling people what they could and couldn't say? I mean, I think that it, it kind of you, you look at the way that sort of thing has like evolved in in the internet. Like, I just went down this hole the other day. Uh, apparently. Sony owns or claims to own the music of Johann Sebastian Bach, which seems sketchy. Yeah, because what? that should be How public could they domain, possibly, right? Yeah, but so that you can't get uh, you can't get Bach on YouTube right now because Sony says they own it. And I was like going down this hole, and this person was talking about posting like original music content on their own YouTube page, and it was doing well. And then Sony just started hitting them with copyright infringements and the first one he's like this isn't right like this is my music this is all original and that got squared away and then sony did it again and since he was like a repeat offender he was just like stuck in this hell hole of what happened he it, it kept happening to him that they would just like stop his Well, because they have like those automatic like they'll match up they'll look to match up like video or sound with existing things in their own database right and so i'm sure that that's just like an automated process that they're just sending out cease and desists or like whatever but we're all we're all living in and even though this is uh this is 12 years ago we're still living in a in a sort of wild west where shit is just like getting rewritten as we go yeah it's all being put together it doesn't surprise me like one bit that wwf is just like hey we've got a contract with you you can't have people talking badly about us on your thing in any way and then aol's like you're right you do pay us a lot of money you do pay us a lot of money i don't know exactly they're just like do it yeah vince is just yelling at them uh apparently in the end they both ended up issuing a joint uh apology you gotta you gotta figure it out somehow right that you gotta you gotta allow people to have their their free their freedom to express yeah that's part that's part of speech you know it's expression i don't like what you're saying but i'll defend to the death your right to say it you hear this guy this guy kavanaugh puts ketchup on his spaghetti (laughs) what true (laughs) uh and (laughs) So, following along this this AOL fiasco was another big fiasco in the world of world wrestling, the World Wrestling Federation. Uh, at this time, one of the biggest stars of all time, our favorite retired superstar these days, Shawn Michaels, was on the cover. My uncle? 
He was on the cover. The drunk Uncle Sean? Drunk Uncle Sean was on the cover of the October issue of Playgirl Magazine. Playgirl Magazine? Hubba hubba, am I right? Wow. So, so Shawn Michaels, the WWF champion at this time. This very moment. Is going to be on the cover of Playgirl. Now, this, is Playgirl full nude? I don't know. I was going to ask if you've seen these pictures. Play, I've seen the picture of him like posing with the belt covering yeah. his dong. Does but, he show his dong in this magazine? Well, that's what I want to know. I'm look that it up picture, right now. That picture is, it's a pullout. That's the that's the pullout from that Playgirl. And then on the backside, it's just, it's the same pose and you see his naked butt. But you don't like see his balls or anything. And that's the thing about the idea of a magazine such as this. Is right. that, do, do you want to see a naked flaccid penis even if you are very attracted to this person uh i don't know i'm not really sure how that works see what i i have the like i have the like yeah i'd like to see it just because i'd like to know like what's What's working down there? Like, what's what's going on here? All right, I mean, I want to see Sh- Shawn Michaels naked, for sure. But do I want to look at it and, like, ogle it? It's more of just like a, like, give me some, give me some, like, context. Let me get some dimensions on this guy. But I don't, I'm not looking at, at, at Shawn Michaels, like, naked uh, member hanging down there and just being like, Oh, that's the that's the stuff that's that the I real need. money. Sh- and yeah, that's and Sh- Sean wanted. Michaels, in, in terms of like my fucking queer identity forming, that's one of my guys. Right, he's handsome. Uh, I mean, I'm looking at these these belt shots. Right, I'm not finding any full nudes, by the way. Because Playboy was like, it was like classy naked pictures. Yeah, it I wasn't think it's like, like Skinamax, it wasn't like full right? on like yo, you want to see like this person's intestines? Right, it right. Was like if you were, it's like. If you're going to see, you know, below the belt, it's like more of a focus on like just the naked form of this person. Right, right. And it just doesn't like really match up, I would say. Yeah, when you've got a big naked wiener hanging out. Yeah. It's not, it can't really be all that classy. No, I remember the, the, the big the big joke in uh and take this within the context of the fact that it's Bret Hart's book and Bret Hart fucking hates Shawn Michaels still uh-huh. uh the big joke in there was that the Playboy uh, uh readership was I'm sorry the Playgirl readership was not exactly uh women it oh, was right. like there was like a was bit like of homophobia of, there of women and and mostly men mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but you know, as uh, uh, someone who has the, you know, I, I would consider myself a queer person, but I don't like have a like out queer identity. But sure, um, you know, that's I, I'm just not like I don't know. I guess I'm just wondering, like, you know, uh, what's what the mentality is in, in terms of like working around the a, a very ugly organ. Sure, and like that cursive record. <laughs> exactly, that's what it's about, right? Oh man, I just got this ugly organ tattoo. And it's, just, <laughs> it's on my leg. It's just, it's just Shawn Michaels' flaccid penis. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it looks like these. All these pictures are very classy shots that are uh, delicately covering anything that would be considered objectionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, there's a good butt shot that I'd never seen before. The back, the reverse shot of the that's the uh, one I'm the talking about, one. where he's he's laying. He... I'd only seen the front one. Yeah, because that was the pullout. But I didn't know the back one existed. That's a good shot. God, he's is he on the cover of multiple playgirls? He is. He's oh. there's there's a towel one too. Wow. Uh, the towel one. Seen. The towel one's a little weird looking. It almost like doesn't look like him. Maybe it's but the early oh, days of man, the airbrushing. But that oh that first one it's and good. he's just got that like it's like post bob cut yeah oh, it's like slightly longer mm-hmm. he was in great shape at that point too he, he was a p 
peak, peak he performer. was so fucking cute um he still is even though his eyes are like in the back of his head, like his, further back than the middle of his head his eyes are essentially like are are moving into a spot where they're just like the the uh, the bottom corners of them are just like behind his nose at this point. Um, well, Shawn, Shawn Michaels appearing uh, in Playgirl, that's that's got to be good publicity for the I WWF. I mean, I remember when Sable was in Playboy, that was huge. Uh, Shawn Michaels in Playgirl, I don't know how big this the readership of this was. I have no real context. I don't know if Playgirl ever really like took off. I don't know either. You got. I'm. I'm looking at some other ones here. We got Tyrese was on the cover of. Uh, he's a total play, playgirl guy. Oh, that is, makes sense. He is such a hunk. Uh, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I just I think love that it's, it's so it's so fitting for who this guy was at this point to just put that title belt right in front of his Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> On that, like, George Costanza. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, truly. Just, like, posing on his side. I, uh... Yeah, I don't... So, if you could could have... It still is in print. It still is in print. Well, that's... It has 3,000 subscribers, approximately, right now. Well, at this point i would say that that's pretty good for print media that's true yeah listen scott so if you if you have the choice of any any wwf wwe wcw superstar alive or dead on the on the cover of playgirl magazine (laughs) that i'm going to get for you for your birthday okay you're turning 32 years old i'm gonna this turn year, 32 years old in a couple and months you're gonna, you're gonna open up uh you're gonna, you're gonna get the full centerfold mm-hmm. of uh hmm, i'm this is tough because there's a lot of people that could be really great here i think um i think gold dust would be a really great answer to this one i think a fully painted gold dust now would be awesome now i think that would be a great playgirl he's in great shape he's in right great now. shape uh i think uh i don't know i think there could be a really good new day spread in 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 like a more serious answer i think that uh-huh. would be great yeah uh, a few handsome men right there three handsome dudes Some just having well-placed fun pancakes can you imagine how much fun that one would be oh i'm just i'm sitting here and i'm looking at at, at xavier woods just like trombone shot just oh, covering trombone. up for freaking kofi and biggie and mm-hmm. they're just like oh excuse us Ooh, a lot of like oopsie well looks. i mean if you if you wanted to if you wanted to go on the internet right now you could see what you're getting from xavier woods that's true in a more unfortunate moment but uh, let me tell you after, what would you want after watching all in I, i'm looking for 2018 sean mooney I, I saw that guy backstage and I'm like, when did you become such a piece of ass? He's, a, he's he handsome. S- just aged so gracefully. That's true. Um, hey, this has been uh, Postmarktum, episode number 20, Meta Perspectives in Professional Wrestling. My name's Tim. Uh, this is my friend Scott over here. He came over today. He brought me a nice drill. I give him an Independence Day laser disc. Very excited about this so, laser disc. A two disc, Daddy. That's it's a, a double. Oh, it's THX, babe. Um, we like doing this show because we like spending time together, and this is a really fun way for us to be able to to do so. If you like what we're doing, you can subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or on Stitcher. Tell a friend about the show. My other shows are, are running strong right now, better yet. And as you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, come by and, and check those out sometimes. Next week we'll be back for episode number twenty one. We're gonna be we're gonna be of, of legal drinking age. Oh, I can't wait. And I'm, I'm gonna pop me in O'Doul's and and Scott's gonna have hair that's even longer then than it is now and I just I can't wait for it I can't wait to see you again it's gonna be great I'm very excited for it we'll be back then thanks Bubba.